Hello, everyone. Today on the podcast, we have Shannon Noonan, the president and founder of High Noon Consulting. Hi, Shannon. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I am doing very well. The topic we want to talk about today is a very interesting one because it's uh, very pertinent, very important. Uh, and there are so many things about it that I think your insights and your experience will definitely be very helpful for, for all of the listeners. So when it comes to cybersecurity and governance, right, putting those two terms together, very, very hot topics at the moment, what are some of the things that come to mind uh, uh, regarding those two elements? Uh, let's begin with those two uh, from a high point. Uh, let's call it so much definition in terms of cybersecurity and governance. What are some of the key things we need to keep in mind as we start to tackle that subject? So cybersecurity and governance are one and the same, right? Mm -hmm. You can't have governance without having cybersecurity. You can't have security without having governance, right? It's a driving mechanism. It's also a business alignment. So it's very important that the two worlds are aligned and discuss and similarities as well as the overlapping competencies of each other. Mm -hmm. and, and the thing about that too is that we have been talking about governance for so long, right? We're talking decades, not just a few years, but decades in fact. Cybersecurity got hot more recently, but it has been a troublesome topic for a while. But as more people use it, as more data is captured, it becomes more sensitive to organizations and key to their business model and their success. However, one of the things that keeps surprising me is how often these problems surface. And the question then becomes, if we have been at it for so long, what are some of the, the, the high-level problems that you see as to why we keep having this breakdown? What are some of the things we need to be mindful of? So the industry and the environment is growing and expanding with the automation, AI technology, all those different components. Security is becoming more relevant, more pre prevalent, right? So cybersecurity has always been there, just had different names, right? Mm -hmm. We called it the security team. You called it the IT team, right? Just like you said, governance has always been there. It was either your internal audit team that was driving it. But because of the industry expanding the technology enhancing, we have to look at it from a different perspective. The need to be more secure is more relevant because you have different abilities now mm -hmm. to drive into companies and cause um, chaos or mm -hmm. pain, fraudulent activities. So how do you prevent that? And that's usually where you look at it from the standpoint of alignment of security and governance because you have governance and frameworks and all these other tasks that will allow security to drive the point home of why do I need to do this? Mm -hmm. But it's also a scary world. Security and cybersecurity sometimes is theoretical. People don't understand that this could happen. This is a possibility of happening. This is what we need to do in case it happens. Well, how do you drive that message into being a business conversation so that the CFO or the CEO or the CEO understands? Well, it's just more than theoretical. It's really saving their, their behinds, their brand, their product, mm -hmm. so on and so forth. So it's so much more than just saying, hey, this possibly could happen. You could potentially get a ransomware. Mm -hmm. You could potentially lose your whole environment. So it's really looking at from a big perspective of what is the business need? How can you make cybersecurity part of that business need as well as governance looping it in at the same time? I'm a big believer that cybersecurity awareness should begin in high school. But we basically hire people and now they're in the workplace. So now we get them with whatever background they have or had. Now they're employees of the organization or contractors too. We need to be mindful about where exposures can happen as a result of that. But anyway, we are now, we have these individuals. It seems to me that we need to do a, perhaps a better job with awareness training once we hire the individual and then reminders 
periodically after that. Is that one of the things that you believe will help tremendously in this regard? I believe we do need to start earlier. And it's on two ends. You need to start in high school, but you also need to hit an, an, an era of individuals who are older that don't understand it. Uh-huh. Right? So you've got both ends of the spectrum that you have to train, right? Yeah, we train people in the company. You explain many things, but a lot of people don't understand it, right? Depending on the department they're in or the type of industry they're in for the company, they don't necessarily understand it. Mm -hmm. So how do you get them to understand it? But I truly believe, yes, understanding in high school would be very beneficial. One, all of these individuals are going into new apps and providing all of their personal information. Mm -hmm. um, So they're at risk there that they're going to have fraudulent activity or imposter syndrome happening. Mm -hmm. Um, They're a target for phishing because all their information is out there. So someone just has to go and Google them and they Mm -hmm. can now just, let's go do a phishing attempt and see what I can get them to click and do, right? Mm -hmm. And and a lot of people don't understand what that takes. I know people in the industry who they will research you, they will find out who you are, right? As practice, right? Because that's what it is. We, Mm -hmm. We try to make sure your CEOs, your COOs and your CFOs are protected. And you have individuals hired to make sure they're protected, right? Mm-hmm, right. So you test them out and say, hey, what is it they're possibly going to click on? Well, what about the younger crowds? Educating them on that same topic and understanding so that they're aware of what they're getting to personally, but as they grow professionally, the impact that could also have for them. So, so it seems to me like there's a combination of what they don't know, but also what they have grow, uh, grown into or what they have acquired as habits that perhaps we need to unlearn or help them unlearn so that they become safer individuals when it comes to now taking custody of the company data and, and how they're going to use it. So it seems to me like that is a very big part of it. Now, I would imagine that another challenge here is, is the compliance mindset, where it's always, you know, okay, do we have a checklist of some sort that people can go through and just say, yes, we did this. Uh, so even, even taking something as simple as training, yes, we deliver the training, check the box, we're done. But it seems to me from what you're saying that there's a lot more to it. Well, is it a, do people understand it or are they checking the box, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't like looking at compliance as a check the box activity. Compliance right. is supposed to support the business and grow the business in a right aspect, right? Mm-hmm. It's a revenue generating tool at the end of the day because if you're secure, people are going to trust you and they're going to want to do business with you, right? Right. Compliance helps benefit that. It shows that you're meeting those key requirements per se if you do it correctly. Mm-hmm. If you do it as a check the box activity, it doesn't prove that you're secure. It doesn't prove that you have everything there in place. So if you're just going to give a security training because that's what you have to do and you don't know if your teams are actually following the requirements or understanding it, you're going to be someone that's going to fall into a ransomware attack. Yeah. Now, one of the things that, that uh, I think about sometimes has to do with uh, how we see cybersecurity as an expense or as a cost, right? And, and and some of it will be naturally viewed that way because, yes, you have to spend money on, on whatever you're going to have in place to protect the organization. And the training, even that costs money too, whether it's direct or indirect cost. But I, I think that in and of itself becomes a problem as well because we should not be seeing it only as a cost or as an expense. Uh, and, and even think of it as an investment, even that has some limitation to it as well. So what is your view on that since people are, again, as we look at the economy, in some cases it's softening, right? And people Correct. are probably going to start looking more closely at their budgets. What are some of the thoughts on your mind when it comes to how people treat that as relates to costs or other value <laughs> potential creators? No, as we know, budgets, overhead costs are cut. Well, if you look at cybersecurity teams, security teams, IT teams, compliance teams as just overhead, mm-hmm. which indirectly they are. But if you look at them, what are they doing to benefit the growth of your organization? It, 
it, it's talking to the people who handle money, right? Mm -hmm. Taking what you do and spinning it into the the language that needs to be spoken on the business side. So when, when you have your CEO who's trying to figure out how this product is going to grow and your marketing team needing to sell it, well, one of the things that they always look at is I've got to fill out the security questionnaire mm -hmm. that sits there and says what my posture of the company is. Well, are you filling it out truly or and accurately? Are you doing all the pieces that you need to to make sure that that's accurate. The more robust that information is in the sense of showing you're secure and you're doing what you're supposed to do will generate revenue. I have talked to many, many organizations where they will come talk to us and say, hey, we need help with our SOC 2 report or we need help with getting through high trust. All of those attestations and certifications are being driven by some form of customer revenue. Mm -hmm. So there's mm -hmm. a contract mm -hmm. that's requiring them. So we should be looking at, okay, let's look at that contract, that million dollar contract that they're about to sign. It's gonna cost me $200,000 to make sure I've got a secure environment. So I still make $800,000, mm -hmm. right? I, I, I will sign a contract for a million dollars but if I don't have all of that in place, I'm getting nothing. So right. you've got to really look at it. We do need to have a secure environment. You do need to make sure you're doing all the right things and not just the check the box activity, right? Mm -hmm. um, so how do you do that? Well, it's kind of a mix, right? You have to get away from the theoretical piece and real show tangible action and what you can do. And you also have to bring compliance to the same page, right? It's not just check the box. It's something that's actionable and also part of everyone's day-to-day -day jobs, right? I, I need people to understand, breathe, and live this. Not when I show up and say, hey, can I have this piece of paper to show that you're doing the job? Well, if it's part of their job, it's not going to be difficult to get that information, mm -hmm. right? So you build it into the company's uh, living and breathing organism, right? You build it into their jobs. So it, when you do that, it's now part of a revenue generating tool it's all encompassing versus it just being someone on the outlier coming and screaming every so often because they need to accomplish something I, I like your perspective when it comes to looking at cybersecurity from that value generating perspective and i think that's a very important thing to embrace let's take a short break and when we come back we'll continue talking about that because i think there's a lot more to it thank you Tired of trying to schedule your team's time around in-person learning? Isn't it a bummer to spend thousands of dollars on travel for professional development? What if we said you can save money and time and still provide your team with the best training possible? The answer to your woes is live online training from ACI Learning. With live online training, we provide our top in-person courses in private, online, instructor-led formats. You get to provide professional development in a manner that fits today's expectations. Entertaining, convenient, and effective. Our exam-aligned courses inspire the full potential of your team. Visit virtual instructor-led training at ACI Learning for more info. We're continuing our conversation with Shannon Noonan, and we're just talking before the break about cybersecurity and expanding our view of it, not just as a compliance requirement, a check-the-box requirement, but also seeing it as an integral part of value creation. So with that in mind then, Shannon, what are some of the other things that come to mind? Because we, we I think we really need to start to branch away from that compliance, check-the-box mindset and think in terms of how it is integral to creating value. So with that in mind, what are some of the other things that come to mind? Oh, it, it, 
There's so much, so much. But it's let's give a quick story on what I've done in my career. Okay. So one of the big things I did for a company was vendor security assessments, mm -hmm. right? And I helped them get develop a process around vendor security assessments. I learned all of the company. I learned the product. I learned the security. I learned all of the different elements. And then I kept going in and filling out the security questionnaire. Mm -hmm. And every single time I'd be like, well, do you do this? And I have to go back to the company and say, hey, they're asking for this. And I'm going to put not applicable or no because mm -hmm. you're not doing it. And they'd be like, well, is that going to impact this? I go, no, because you have other elements in place. But we really need to consider this, mm -hmm. right? Because you've got to get away from certain pieces that just says I'm doing X, Y, and Z. But the dilemma with that is the budget, right? You only mm -hmm. have so much money. So how can you really provide... It, it become a piece of the company and show growth if your budget's very minimal. So it, you really have to take into account how expensive it can be to be very secure. Right. So you have to figure out what's the best way to do it. I always say it's better for startups to start from scratch and consider security and compliance as they grow because then they're not going to have to duct tape it all the way through, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas you have some older companies, they're having to navigate the waters that they've got to an environment that's already built. So how do you handle an existing environment versus a new environment, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to figure those different elements out. But you really got to look at it from building a job, right? It's not just somebody telling you to do something. How do you build it into someone's everyday job? How do you make sure that you are doing what needs to be done as a company to be secure? Because then it won't be just one team that has the budget. Mm -hmm. It will be across the company that everyone owns a piece of this. So then it doesn't look like it's just one team driving the budget. Now they, clearly the security team needs a budget because there's all these different pieces that they do. But if you wanna be secure and you're making sure that your team is there, well, maybe train them more or make sure you understand more, right? One of the big things is I, I did, um, I do a lot of CMMC work and um, CMMC and FedRAMP, the, you have a lot of NIST requirements mm -hmm. because it's federal government. So the there's more rigor on what you have to do. So if you have someone that has an access environment in 30 days, you have to remove them. Whereas in other industry standards, it's okay to wait 90 days. Mm -hmm. Right. So well, whose job is that? It's not the security team job to make sure that that's in place. It's actually the IT team or the application team. Right. So who's managing that? Well, Compliance and security can tell those teams about that. Well, now they have to configure it. They have to build it as part of their job, and then they have to implement it versus someone like me coming in, say, every 30 days, did you remove that access? Did you <laughs> right. do this? Right. Mm -hmm. So it, it's really figuring out how to align and, and grow as a company and, and implement it across, not just in one spot. One of the things that I've learned over the years is that quite often when it comes to training and, and awareness raising exercises in general, that we neglect to focus sufficiently on the why. We spend a lot of time on the what and the how and the who and so on, and all of those things are definitely very important. But what happens is people don't understand why something matters. And if they understood it, they will probably spend more time doing it and they will do it more willingly, understanding the purpose behind it, as opposed to feel as though it's, they're being imposed upon. Would you agree with that? I fully agree with it. And I also think we need to stop scaring people with cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. I, I love the word cybersecurity. It's also a trigger word these days because it is a scary word to some people. Mm -hmm. You say it 
And everyone goes, whoa, whoa, what, what's wrong? What did I do wrong? Did I touch the wrong button? Yeah. Did I, because that's all you see in the news. So if you're only reading what's in the news, you only know it from a bad perspective. You're not looking at it from a growth perspective or helping the company. Because really, we got to look at it from two aspects. Are you preventing from something happening? Or are you detecting? Mm -hmm. So if you have all of these processes in place to prevent it, and you've implemented it across the company, well, you're going to minimize the need for detection but you're going to minimize really something happening. Doesn't mean it won't happen mm -hmm. because even in the security world, there's something new that will come out. Someone will click a button that wasn't aware of it um, and it, you'll have malware in your environment. You know, So it's still all about education, but you need both aspects of it. If you do more preventative controls or more preventative built-in aspects of someone's job, you, you're gonna have, you won't have to rely heavily on the detective ones. There are a couple of things that your comment made me think about. Uh, one of them is on your computer, how sometimes it comes up with these reports and says, you know, we block so many attacks or, yep. or, or whatever, something along those lines. It's kind of a positive reinforcement. Yes. I, I think to your point about looking at cybersecurity as a value creator, it will probably be helpful within, let's say, the marketing group or the sales group. Let's just pick on those for a moment and say, well, we got this deal because we have very strong mechanisms around this, right? And it's not just, oh, the price was perfect, or we address the client's needs in, in, in that very direct way, but we have these other, let's call them indirect elements mm. that are still very important. And cybersecurity is one of those. They do business with us because. Yep. And I think it might be helpful to reinforce those elements with our co colleagues and let them know that because we have all these things in place, we our vendors, our customers, our partners are comfortable working with us. And I think that's a good thing to consider. It's also a differentiator. Uh -huh. So, right, when you go into marketing and selling a product, what makes you unique and different? Mm -hmm. So if you have a more robust environment, you're unique and different, right? So I worked for an organization. We went to go get our SOC 2. And the differentiator for us was nobody in our industry was adding privacy to the SOC 2. So we said, we're going to add privacy so mm -hmm. we could differentiate ourselves. So we were hit, we, and actually we weren't afraid to hit all the five trust principles. So because of that, we were trying to differentiate us from our competitors to sit there and say, look, we're not afraid of what you see because there's nothing here to see, mm -hmm. right? We're, we're showing you everything that's there. We're showing you we're compliant. We're showing you we're secure. We're also showing you that on the other half of it, we've got uh, privacy taken into account, which is just another level of security. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I think that those things are very helpful. And I like the way you're sharing some examples mm -hmm. that people can say, OK, you know what? I, we haven't done that, but that may be something to consider as well. Now, when it comes to cybersecurity, another thing that comes to mind has to do with how uh, how it changes all the time. Right. We, we have a lot of new attacks and new vectors and, and all these different things that are happening. So I would imagine that the, the awareness and the messaging should happen very frequently. And we spoke about it briefly uh, as we were talking earlier. But part of it has to be perhaps not just having the sit down session or the very elaborate video that you're going to sit through. Just sending a message out or a voice recording to employees and saying, hello, everyone, I just wanted to let you know that we did this or this is important or I just want to encourage you to continue doing so and so. I think that those 15, 20 second messages can also go very far as far as governance goes. Would you agree? I do. I do. There's, there's a benefit of communicating. Mm -hmm. We also know in our world, right, you have to lock down communication because everyone's afraid of the word mm -hmm. cybersecurity and breach or incident, right? So they have to understand what's happening. But once you understand the picture, what occurred, how do you educate the, the organization to let them know this is what happened? This is what we did to, to lock it down. But this is what we need to do going forward. 
as an organization to try not to have this happen again. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you, it would be good to have a circle back as a company. That is a very difficult message sometimes because individuals don't know how to communicate that out. Also, it's very scary. Mm -hmm. And you also don't want to see point people blaming because the other game thing that happens is the blame game. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, you did this and you opened that. So you can't it's it's a double edged sword. So we've got to find that happy medium mm -hmm. so that people can do their day jobs, not afraid to click things, open files that they're supposed to open, but just be aware of what's going on. And we can't ignore it. And we can't ignore that it. That is not going to help anything. No. Well, Shannon, thank you so much for helping us better understand how cybersecurity and governance can go together and not only be viewed as a compliance exercise, but also looking at it as how it can enhance value creation. So Shannon, thank you so very much. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me.